The Circulars. Hello to all, my name is Brian and I am a member of The Circulars. I'm an architecture student at the Swiss Federal Institute of Technology in Lausanne, better known as EPFL. Today, I'm going to be your host and you will see it will be very cool. We are going to discuss the theme, the circular economy in the built environment. And for this, we have the pleasure to welcome Nico Scouten, a collaborator of Metaboli. Let's introduce him. Nico focuses on the implementation of circular principles and system thinking in building projects, working with architects to create clear frameworks on how to design and realize the circular buildings of the future. While studying for a master's in architecture at TU Delft, Nico became interested to use what he was learning to build a more sustainable world. This led him to further research the concept of systems thinking and how to implement circular strategies in his designs. He wrote a thesis and created a roadmap on the perception of plastic waste in the built environment. Using this research to design a building component made of recycled plastic to be implemented in an urban ecosystem in Amsterdam as part of his graduation project. Nico worked at the AMS Institute as an in-house designer for the transformation of their offices, and he helped design a circular meeting space. He also worked at the Center for Sustainability of the LDA Alliance, where he was a program manager for research projects on inclusive circular design in metropolitan areas. Today we welcome Nico Scouten from Metabolic. Welcome Mr. Scouten to our podcast, The Circulars, which explores the field of the circular economy with an architectural perspective. The whole team thanks you for being here today. Oh, thank you for having me. First of all, can you introduce yourself, please? Yes, hello. My name is Nico Schouten. I'm a green building consultant at Metabolic, which is a sustainability company located in the Netherlands. I'm an architect by training, um, but since a few years, I've been working more on the advice side where I help architects, developers, investors, but also governments and municipalities uh, by making their building projects more circular and more sustainable. Okay, great. So before you got to where you are today, what were the steps that made you interested in circular design? Um, well, there's been a lot of, uh, I have, I've had a lot of courses on sustainability and circularity in my university at TU Delft, um, but what really struck my interest was a product developed by the Better Future Factory, which is a startup located in Rotterdam in the Netherlands, who make very beautiful fake marble tiles out of PET waste, so plastic bottle waste. And it was really the first time I saw something that was completely made out of recycled materials, which was actually very beautiful. And it struck, a, from an aesthetic point of view, really struck a note with me. And from that point, I did a lot of research into what how these more soft qualities as aestheticism uh, and sustainability could meet. Uh, from that uh, point, I yeah, started applying circular principles to my own work as well. For those interested, the Better Future Factory is a design and engineering studio that helps brands and organizations move to sustainable plastics. They describe themselves as imagineers, combining engineering, 
design and imagination to bring sustainable ideas to life. They work with plastic without condemning it, but with the goal of creating a world that uses plastic in the best possible way. If you are interested, you can check out their website. There is a list of the different projects they have done. Here, let's continue now. Okay, so probably it's quite the same question, but what's the personal reasons or choice that drove you towards this focus on the architecture of circular economy rather than a more conventional architectural? Well, I think in a way, building sector is very, uh, very, a very impactful sector. Of course, it's a major consumer of resources, but also of energy of water and has a very big impact on our ecological uh, surroundings. And I think as an architect and what I also really enjoyed in architecture school was the possibility to step back and to review problems at a larger scale and find solutions quite often. So in high density cities, there's the problem of space. In nature, there's the problem of reachability, but also integration in the landscape. And for me, circularity was just another one of those wicked problems, so to say, where you can really wreck your brain and really challenge yourself to find a solution which is optimized, not just from a spatial point of view, not just from a construction point of view, but also really from an ecological point of view. For me, it's really what I really like about it and why I'm so interested and why I work so much on it is the fact that it really allows me to use all my skills both from a social point of view but also from technical technical point of view in solving solving another problem via the built environment and by doing so also tackle one of the biggest problems of the built environment which is its ecological impact okay but uh, i was wondering um, in which year did you have conscience about it because i think it's now we are stressing us to build more circular, more sustainable. And now I think in my, in my background of architect student, I don't have a lot of clues about sustainability, but we are stressing us to, to think more like that, to try to, to do project more sustainable. So in which year did you begin to think like that? Um, so I think during my bachelor's, I was already quite interested in sustainability, but then the, the way we talked about sustainability back then was very much from an energy point of view. Uh, so really about energy performance, uh, PV panels, and maybe a bit of green roofs. And then during my master's, the first year of my master's, I really switched my perception and really started working on it differently from a more holistic perspective. So more from a circular perspective. So I would say the beginning of my master's program. Okay, okay, cool. I think it's more or less what it's happening with me in the master program now. We talk more with the project with Professor Wong from the Media and Design at the APFL. We talk a lot more in circular economy. So great. So as you said, you are working for Metabolic now. So what is Metabolic? Uh, Metabolic is actually uh, five companies together, so it's an ecosystem of companies. And the goal of this ecosystem is to transition the world economy towards a fundamentally sustainable state as quickly as possible. And we do this with these five companies, and then one of those companies is really consulting, so there we work with 
governments, academia, NGOs, and, and um, companies. And we help them in transitioning their practices or their projects. And by doing so, we actually see a lot of the gaps that still need to be addressed in a transition towards a more sustainable state. And if that's a knowledge gap, then we give it towards our institute, which is a research branch of our company where we work really on long-term research projects uh, from a European perspective, so the Horizon 2020 projects. And if it's a company that's missing, then we give it towards our venture building branch, this knowledge, and they, uh, if it's a very significant need that we see, then they will start developing these companies. This is how one of our sister companies, Spectral, came into being, which is a company focused on decentralized energy systems, which is now one of the fastest growing startups in the Netherlands and has uh, many rewards in regards to sustainability and entrepreneurship. We also have a software branch, which focuses on the development of software with the goal to actually disseminate our knowledge to a larger audience to make sure that other people can also do what we do. Because in the end, it's not our goal to have as much projects as possible. It's our goal to transition the system. So we need to make sure that other people can also do what we do. And then um, we have an entity specifically focused on community outreach. So they work with people who are less um, privileged than we are, and they help them also transition in a way that's also make it feasible for them to be part of a sustainable future. So right now they're focused on Aruba, where they're working with local people and local hospitality to create a plastic separation system, which is actually not available in the country. So they are really building it to make sure that this whole entity can, can also shift their circular um, towards a more circular state. And then all of those companies together, we work together really in an ecosystem to make sure that we reinforce each other and give each other input and strength and the knowledge to uh, work on the, our, our shared mission. Okay. And basically, what is your role or your task of you and your team in all this ecosystem? Yeah, so within the consulting, we have different transitions that we focus on and me and my team specifically focus on the transition of the built environment. So we work on all layers of the built environment. So on buildings, area development, cities and regional and national strategies. And for each of these regions, we work with a fixed set of people where we analyze certain problems or give a current state analysis where we show this is the impact that you're currently creating, create a vision so that you have a clear goal on the horizon of where you want to go create like define interventions and business cases so that people can also work on these inter in, in this transition and then monitor progress once it's being implemented to make sure that we don't just say that something needs to happen, but we also know what happens once it's going on. So we can also again, learn from it and take these findings into the next projects. For the continuation of the discussion with Nico, I wanted to discuss one of their projects to materialize the different elements we discussed just now. The project I wanted to discuss with is the Keuvel in Amsterdam. The project takes place on a former shipyard and has been transformed into a new circular blueprint for urban development where decentralized technologies and full recycling of local resources and porous urban areas to be self-sufficient. The site is populated by 17 upcycled houseboats, which have been eco-retrofitted and placed on land. They now house the offices of around 30 companies. Let's know more about their process.
if we talk about the the survey project the neighbor that you made so what what was the demands of the city when they contact you so the Keuvel was actually part of a competition and the municipality of Amsterdam was the owner of the piece of land and then in 2008 when the previous economic crisis hit the housing crisis hit as well uh, and they actually couldn't find a, a party to develop the piece of the property because the goal was to develop it into housing and what the municipality did then is they said okay so we have this piece of land we don't know what to do with it right now so they put out a tender into the world where they wanted a showcase for sustainable innovation for 10 years which would leave the place better than it was right now uh, which was of course a very open tender that they gave us so we enrolled together with uh, some of our partners on the tender, and we developed this plan to create the most sustainable business park of the world really that was the idea then well, we did a lot of analysis of the location, but also of the surrounding of the location to find out what's really the problem here. One of the things was, was uh, heavy ground pollution because of uh, the previous function, which was a shipyard. Uh, one was a need for uh, spaces for small entrepreneurs, small social entrepreneurs. And one was also a need to really showcase what sustainability could be, what it could look like if we think about sustainable development in a different way. So with these things in our back, the back of our mind, we started to develop this, this plot of land. And we took really all measures to make sure it was as sustainable as possible. So we refurbished existing houseboats and put them on the land. We implemented a different uh, water cleaning techniques. We innovated regarding uh, energy and sharing systems. We put a lot of plants in the ground, which would clean the ground from a uh, very low tech perspective via phytoremediation. We worked on urban agriculture as systems in phyto, um, not phyto, um, hydroponic system where you have a symbiosis between plants and fish and to create more sustainable food systems. Um, so we developed it, we won the tender and we've implemented it and uh, it's almost been 10 years. And it's since that moment, it's been a very nice showcase of what sustainability could look like because it's one of the first times that on this scale, theories and interventions were implemented in such a symbiotic way, allowing people to also really see from a very tangible perspective what sustainability or the sustainable city of the future could look like. And I think from the beginning of our company until now, of course, we've done many projects and they've all been impactful or successful in a different way. But what's really nice about the Kudel is that till today, people from all over the world are visiting it and seeing, very tangibly seeing, what sustainability could be if you take a radical approach, uh, how nice it can be as well, which I think is maybe the most impactful thing. It's like a, it's an example for sustainable cities, neighbor, the impact that could have in the in the land and in the context where we where it is. So basically, it's for this project or for generally, what is the important steps to achieve to achieve such a, as this result? I think the first thing that's really important when talking about circularity and sustainability is to have a very thorough understanding of where you are now. So that's always the first step of our research project is to understand if I don't do anything or if I put my project into the world without taking any sustainability interventions, what will happen? 
So you will create a lot of impact regarding material consumption. There will be energy demands. There will be water demands, food demands. Uh, but also you can look at the surroundings to see what's currently flowing through the neighborhood. And what's really important from our perspective is to look wider than just material uh, regarding impact. Because in the end, when we talk about circularity, it's not a goal in and of itself to close material loops. The goal is really to reduce environmental impact. So you need to know what this environmental impact is. So the first thing that you always do and what we also did for Keuvel is what happens if we just do it without anything. And then based on this impact, you can very concretely derive a vision saying, this is, so from a material perspective, this is what I want. From an energy perspective, this is the goal I want to reach. From an environmental impact perspective, this is what I want to reach, both from the building phase, but also from the use phase of the project. And then once you have this vision, it's very important to make it tangible or measurable, so to say, so that you can create key performance indicators, which allow you to measure your progress. So that with every step that you take, with every intervention that you implement, you can say, I'm implementing this intervention because it will help me re reach the target of X percent that I put for this specific vision. Um, and then this, this, maybe the, the last part, so this is very much about the process, about the mindset, what's really important when thinking about circularity or sustainability is to think outside of the box. So don't be afraid to push boundaries, to see what the limit is of what you can reasonably do within both a legal uh, and an environmental standard, because in the end, if we want to do something differently, we have to do it differently. And from and the girl, I think there's many examples where we found through a lot of loopholes in the law, but also through very certain collaboration with both the municipalities and the water suppliers and the energy providers in the Netherlands, that we could do things differently, if only for this specific location. And I think this is a very important skill that architects have to bring into practice. You have to well, it's the, the, the skill we learn in university or in our education. We have to look outside of, think outside of the box and come up with unexpected solutions to very difficult problems. It's very relevant for tackling problems within the circularity um, atmosphere. Uh, the one thing that may be different is that instead of just thinking of spatial solutions, you also have to think of legislation and the mindset of people that you're working with. Okay, yes, okay, I understand. Well, but when you have all this information, you have analyzed all the inputs, all the material, all the the, the amount of material that will be generated by the demolition of some parts. And now you have to think about the design that the building will have. How do you, how do you address this issue? Well, it's a bit different than what we're used to, I think, because as an architect, you usually you think about, ah, I'm going to design this building, what would be a nice shape based on a lot of parameters, of course, so the, the urban context, but also the program requirements. Um, your personal preference, of course, is also very important. Uh, and then you design a building and then you pick materials. But when we talk about circularity design or circular reuse of materials, you start with the material. So you look at what material is available. What type of concrete flooring is there? What type of beams can I find? What type of facade panels? And you re-engineer a building around these specific modules. Uh, and it's completely different than what we're used to because it really asks you to put a, a, 
put away a big part of how you were trained to design and really think of yeah, working with more local resources uh, in a way. By doing this, uh, you also need to, well, of course it's different anywhere, everywhere, but you need to rethink the way you go through uh, granular steps of a design. So usually you have a sketch design, a preliminary design, and a definitive design, but you can only start making your definitive design once you've actually harvested the materials. Uh, which needs to be very short in advance before starting building. Whereas usually you make a definitive design, you send it to the municipality, they review it, they send it back to you, <laughs> you have to change it again. <laughs> uh, and it takes forever and you can't store all these materials for this long because it will be very expensive. So what you need to do now is find materials that you might potentially use, design a building, get an okay from the municipality with, on a plan that's not as defined as it could be and then harvest the materials and start building with it. So it's a complete wraparound of, of the process or a different way of working with these um, existing legal structures, which is of course, well, it, it needs to have to be possible. And that's why I think it's very important also to not forget how much you need other parties in this transition. Like you need a demolisher or you need the municipality, you need a structural engineer on very different parts of your design journey than what you're used to. Uh, so I think this is also very important when thinking about organizing a design process. Because now you you say that we start with material. You have to start with the material. Yeah. We have the trend now to say, yeah, I use some alternative material like like uh, mycelium or like uh, recyclable plastic in building elements or things like that. Mm -hmm. What do you think about this aspect of the of some new architecture? I think it's not it's all needed, I think. Uh, and what I in the end, what I think circularity as in a, at a certain point in time, circularity will be as cradle to cradle, will be as sustainability, will be as all the buzzwords that are related to sustainability will come and go. I think in the end, what's most important is reducing the environmental impact. And if you do this by designing a building completely out of bio-based materials and using innovative materials as mycelium, fine. If you do this by recycling plastic into facade elements, fine. If you do this by harvesting secondary concrete and building a new building with it, fine. It's just the most important thing is that you don't just put one recycled panel on your building and say circular building. It's a, the difference between window dressing and greenwashing and making actual impact. And I don't care what work you use for it as long as you reduce the environmental impact uh, and about really tackling the problem the, the real problem. So not make a building, put a PV panel on it and call it sustainable, but really change the way you design things, change the way you think about impact, both from the design phase and the use phase and mitigate it. Okay, okay. For all your projects, you provide your result to the city or you make the project like the survey. Um, but in general, what happens after it? How did you 
know like if you give a, a development plan to a city or you make a project like that how do you follow the the steps after it depends sometimes we are hired to help them with the next steps sometimes we just follow it from a distance but we try to remain in contact with our clients to see what they're doing also because it, like if they're not if they're doing what we told them to do great <laughs> if they're not doing what we told them to do that's too bad but then we want to know why because it might help us to improve our way of working and the insights that we need to actually make the most impactful and implementable research and advice possible so it's both is fine okay so personally what impressed me in the different projects that you have done is the holistic aspect you work process that aims to consider all the factors in its entirety during its realization, both in its current and future impact and the improvements that the project will bring. For me, this is the number one challenge when discussing the circular economy and the transition of our linear cities into circular cities. So sustainability issues are for the moment not very deep in architecture school for me. The trend is coming stronger and stronger, but if you had to give some tips, what would be the tools uh, an architect should acquire to address sustainability issues in the project? I think the first thing architects need to, uh, we architects need to learn is to have a better understanding of impact, environmental impact. So what does it mean to build a building out of concrete? and you can just research it. There's a lot of information online regarding LCA data, uh, life cycle analysis data, which very clearly show you what the impact is of wood or of concrete or of steel or of glass. I think this, it's another way of assessing your project, like it is understanding the structural integrity, like it is understanding the aesthetical qualities. It's, it's a new way of assessing your project. And there's a lot of research online on how to, how to find the impact of these projects from a building perspective. And from a use case perspective, it's the same with energy. So there's a lot of research about passive building systems, about climate adaptation, about healthy buildings, which are available. And there's great TED Talks on YouTube. There's great papers and books online. And I mean, it's, it's something you need to engulf yourself in learn about, read about, and most importantly, visit. So just go to places which have, uh, have a recommendation regarding certain sustainability aspects. And when you're there, be critical. Like, is it really great or is it a great marketing strategy? And don't be afraid to be disappointed because in the end, that allows you, that means that you have critically reviewed something and you can, you think you can do better. Um, the second thing I think is maybe retaking a bit the position of coordinator within within a um, building practice. So right now, architecture is often very much focused on execution. So you really have to draw something which will be executed. But circularity and sustainability, as well, we discussed before, is very much focused on reorganizing processes, re like connecting different stakeholders together. And I think as an architect you have the skill to take a step back imagine a future that's not there and find the stakeholders you need to actually make it a reality um on then in reflection to that i think it's very important to also acknowledge that you can't do anything everything by yourself so legislation is there for a reason and you can't change it like you need a government for that um reusing structural elements 
is a very big risk and you need structural engineers to help you with that. Um, you can design a building which will facilitate people from a neighborhood to be together and to exchange services or goods. But if there's no organization who, who's going to help you actually facilitate this, then it will just be a nice building. So it's about, on the one hand, being the reorganizer of the process and collaboration between different stakeholders, but on the other hand, also really understanding the need for this collaboration and reaching out to people who can well, do it better than you, really. Yes, I think it's the, we have to think we are not alone. The architectural is not a, only one piece, it's a piece of one big, big part, and we have to work with other other domains other that know better than us. And I think we have to educate ourselves to the, the, the impact of um, all what you say before. But I think it's more, it's complicated when you're, as one person, I'm a relatively a smaller scale and scope that uh, metabolic, for example. And it's the, the, we have to change the way of thinking as an input in the project. So I think it's it's complicated, but it's a step to do now. True, but I think every day, 7 billion people think, well, I'm just one person. But it's 7 billion people who all think this. And in the end, you're not the only one who thinks this is important. And in the end, you can decide what kind of project you work on or what kind of employer you will work for. It's about making a decision and focusing on this path and then you are then you are not alone there are many people who work on this and many people find it interesting and who want to make a change so never think you're just alone no i think it's it's great because uh, we see more and more when you focus on one one subject you you meet some people you knew some people and you knew that you are not alone in one one mission that can be your mission but it's the mission of other people too Thank you for all this good advice. I have one last question from your point of view. Is there an ideal formula of making things? No, <laughs> there's not. Uh, I think in the end, every project is very location specific and every context asks for a different solution. I do think what's really important is an understanding of scale and time when talking about circularity. So closing a loop on a, on the perspective of water is quite hard, but possible when you talk about a neighborhood. From energy, you can even do it on a building scale. But if you want to reuse steel, then we can take Belgium, the Netherlands, Luxembourg, and parts of Germany together, and we still won't have enough mass to, to, to close a loop, even on a yearly scale. So when thinking about, I think that would be my, it's not a formula, my mantra <laughs> when thinking about loops think about time and skill because in the end that's where they come together okay okay so on these beautiful words i think we will conclude here so for our listeners who would like to know more where can we redirect them well our website is metabolic.nl and we have a very nice linkedin page where we post a lot of our research and our findings and we also ask people to interact with us so if you want to look at our linkedin page that's also very welcome and of course instagram okay cool so that's great once again thank you very much for being here with us today i wish you a good continuation and see you soon
Thank you. Have a good day. So what's up guys? I hope you enjoyed this discussion. I think Nico raised some particularly important points and presented a vision in the way of working and thinking that can speak to many. Be sure to check out the Metabolic website if you want to learn more about their work. You can also see what we are doing here at the EPFL by visiting the website of the Media and Design Lab. Feel free to listen to another episode made by my colleagues and I wish you a nice day. Bye. This episode was hosted and produced by Brian Suarez. The Circulars is a production of the Media and Design Lab based at the Swiss Federal Institute of Technology in Lausanne. For more, visit our website at ldm.epfl.ch.